good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Backstreet's Finest with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Hey, you see the smile on his face when he said that. Man, that's yeah, more furnace is out here and that so is our name as a full furnace the furnace <laughs> yes you want another like what smash <laughs> smash three i don't know smash two i don't know <laughs> what's happening <laughs> uh, smash bro's name is is suspect man that's what it's I'm not saying. it's not we're we're comfortable with our sexuality <laughs> Menage à toi. Menage à toi. Nah, nah, no, thank you. You guys in menage à toi, it's not right. It's not right. How about the meet some freesome? What? The meet some freesome. Nah, nah, I don't know where these names are coming from. But this, this is not on, right? Uh, well, we're back <coughs> in the furnace. Once again, we fall, we on fire, we stay fire, all of that stuff. Hey. I just thought Ghostbusters, but that might be copyrighted. <laughs> cool. Yeah, man. We're back. Back. Peter's back from wherever he was, doing whatever he was doing. Don't yeah. ask us. He didn't tell us what he was doing. You know, no one's there. I did. Probably tell, probably tell us like above his time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, because since you've been gone for a while, you can be in the hot seat today. Easy. Let's go. All right. I'll drop one first. Um, what advice would you give to both actually now what advice would you get or how would you engage in conversation with both pro-vaxxers and anti-vaxxers around corona from a biblical perspective yeah so it's interesting um so from a biblical perspective i think what i'd want to initially sort of um debunk is the idea that it, a vaccine is any sort of mark of the beast, because that's that's an argument mm. I've been hearing a lot. Um, the mark of the beast will not be a gotcha situation. It won't be an accident. You, you won't be able to like, oh, here's a X, and then when you get it, oh, by the way, you also got the mark of the beast. Whatever the mark of the beast is, it won't be that. That's not the way it's presented in, in the Bible. So that would be the first thing. The second thing, I guess, would be to honestly admit that especially with corona especially with the way it's gone it's hard it's hard to um to just accept you know i mean you you've made the point that you know we've had a flu for however many years and the vaccine's still you know not even a hundred percent all the way effective Ooh. how you know one what less than a year they've come up with a vaccine and, and they're claiming it's whatever so it's hard to believe but um that i i think whatever uh whatever doubts whatever concern that they might have what the bible tells us to do is firstly to revere and pray for our leadership our you know authorities that play place over us both secular and um spiritual and so to be praying for them and praying about this but then also there is wisdom in wise counsel and to seek people who actually can offer medical um, or at least pharmaceutical advice on what the vaccine is and how it works and what the mm. risks are. Um, I wouldn't be the one to do that. And that's not necessarily why the Bible's written. It's not necessarily written for you to decide on whether or not you're going to take a vaccine. The Bible's written to reveal the person of God. 
Um, and so that I wouldn't be able to provide a an answer in that terms. But what about well, in John three sixteen? The Bible says we should take the, <laughs> should take the vaccine. What what the, what the Bible does suggest is that there is wisdom in wise counsel and, and to or safety, sorry, in wise counsel. And thus, I'd say find you know doctors, pharmacists. My wife's available. Give her a call, um, and and see from a scientific point of view what the risks are to you based on your ethnicity, your gender, etc. Um, and why it has been approved by certain standards. Um, so yeah, that that will sort of be my response. A bit long-winded, but yes or no sort of answer. And I really enjoy your comment that, like, firstly, the, the, the mark of the beast is not something that's almost like a sneak attack. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the Bible very much presents it as people willingly take this on in defiance yeah. of God. Exactly. Like yeah. they're they're doing it as an knowing like, exactly this, what yes, they're doing. Yeah. Like this is against you, um, yeah. and we can't extrapolate or try to try and find proof texts within mm. the Bible to be like because of this verse. I am not going to take this thing. Um, it, it, it doesn't add up. Um, yeah. And it does then boil down to the science and to, to like everything there where it's just like, all right, there, there is still the wisdom and like being led by the spirit and stuff, but there is that reality where it's like looking at the science and looking at the evidence um, laid out in front of you as well. So yeah, I do like that. Yeah. And that cuts right to the heart of the conversation. Okay, Peter, my question for you, a bit more of a personal one, so I make it not too personal, but we'll try. (laughs) Late night edition. So, uh, what what is one thing you learned about sex post-marriage that you wish other Christians knew? (laughs) It is sweet. (laughs) It is. Um, Hmm. This is this is a hard one. Um, <laughs> I bet it is. For a choice of words. <laughs> that okay. I think the thing that I wish other Christians knew was that it's there's so much more to it, um, in the sense of. I guess before before marriage, you you sort of think of it as just yeah, it's just it's just sex, it's just whatever, it's fine. Um, and I, I had to actually catch myself there because uh, I've been for whatever reason the YouTube algorithm has been suggesting people to me that talk about um, all this holistic uh, life approach thing, and one person, one lady decided to talk about sex and, and stuff and they're talking about oh yeah it's your body and all of this and speaking from a secular point of view um but it was i was struck by the freedom with which he spoke about sex and and convicted that the church needs to do the same so mm-hmm. i was sort of censoring myself a little bit and then caught myself and thought okay now let me be honest and transparent yeah there's so much more to it before sex you think it's just before marriage you think it's just oh yeah well penetration and then Every evening we're gonna do whatever, or morning, or afternoon. Well, you know, it's just for all be, three. Oh, yeah, multiple times. Um, but 
there's there's so much more to it because there's a life that happens outside of that that very much affects um what in in my opinion what what happens in the bedroom and thus you find that it's um you you want to be pleasant and and loving and 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 nurturing outside of everything and and i think someone put it you know foreplay starts the the no no not the morning before but they're you know what i'm saying it foreplay takes all day um in some cases every every other moment is not directly foreplay to sex but contributes to it um and being a good husband being a good wife to each other being good people to each other loving on each other that ends up really enhancing it or being mean and being petty and having a bad day or whatever can also affect it so I think that's that's the thing is there's so much more to it and that's also why it's so much more important to be a good friend a good person a good companion to the person outside of just wanting to be a good sexual partner to the person if that makes sense good lover okay yeah so those those are my thoughts anyway do you think it's wrong for 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 um, for wives to sodomize their husbands what to sodomize so i don't actually know what sodomy is entry from behind Oh. Uh, to quote uh, Moses' favorite verse, you know, um, my bed not defiled. Uh, hey, on some things I have to draw a line. <laughs> I don't know. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say authoritatively anything. It's just not in my household. <laughs> Gonna get that strap on. <laughs> no, thank you. Nah, I'm Man, it's it's a madness, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I do I do think to some degree, like the the Puritan movement and stuff like that within the church, in a, in as much as it is based within like the notion of like no sex before marriage and stuff like that, and keeping yourself pure, um, has done some damage where people start to idolize their purity. They start mm. to idolize mm. this, their virginity and stuff, and so when they do eventually have sex within a marriage context they almost see themselves as having been defiled and now being dirty and having given up this this thing that they've had to they've idolized for for the most part of their life um and yeah i I think i'm gonna jump in as well i think um i think one thing that i would like non-married couples or like someone who isn't married to recognize is like um if you have lust issues, sex is not going to solve it. That's a bar. Sex or marriage. Sex within marriage is not going oh, to solve it. Mm. <laughs> like you still need to deal with your lust issues. And so mm. if it whether it's watching porn, whether it's like lusting after other women, whatever or lusting after other guys, like whatever it may be. Mm. Just because you're now in a relationship that you can have sex. Some people think that, oh, I just need to get married and then I'll be over this. No. It's like the, the, the reality is that now because you are married, there's another person that that sin is going to affect just as much as you. And so the effects of it is much greater than you initially anticipated. 
Mm. So deal with the loss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Deal with the loss before everything is lost. Okay. You heard it here. That's decent. That's decent, actually. That's decent. Yeah. It was a reach, yeah. but you can have it. It was alright. It was alright. Haters everywhere. Haters to my left. Haters <laughs> to my right. And you're sitting alone in a room. Trust me. Not like that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's get into today's topic. So, this is not a fully thought-out topic. Um, but let's see where it goes. All right. Let's see it. So today, Peter won't know because Peter's not a Smash Bro. <laughs> but there was a. There was a Pokemon Direct that came out today. Hey. Showing you Pokemon games. Hey. They show bad games, you know. Wow. Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah. Pokemon Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah. It's looking quite nice. <clears throat> Just to give the listeners context, I'm currently playing Pokemon. As, as he does every time we record the podcast. Not episode. every time, yeah. Not every time. Like, legit every time. <laughs> Recently, but not every time. If, if it's not Pokemon, it's another game. <laughs> anyway. trying to catch these legendaries, baby. Don't call me baby. <laughs> he is your Smash brother. So I might as well. Why are you, I'm not a Smash brother. I'm a Smash like, bro. Yeah. Me? And we don't smash together. No, that's not indicated. Bro, bro. <laughs> Either way. This conversation just went south. I'm not on it. <laughs> but if you smash together or each other, we don't know. It's not it's not indicative from the name, so. Question. Speak 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 the best special to, together, right? <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> If there is <laughs> if there are two Christian couples, right? It's still a sin. It's sin. I don't need it. I'm just saying. two crazy couples. I was to shut that down. And they're having sex with their respective partner, but they're in the same room as, as another partner. Is that okay or is that not okay? I will say, I've read about a Christian swinging couple. They're a married couple that participate in that and say that they, they bring the word of God to a place where it otherwise wouldn't get to. Which, flirt to convert, that, that don't work. <laughs> which is technically true, but uh, yeah. They're I'd not bringing the word of God, they're bringing something else. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than second comments over there. For... <laughs> something else is rising there, boy. Quick, quick, um, just... just it's over just... take three days. <laughs> Just for the hell of it, Mo, why? What, what's what's sinful about it? If okay, so I, I don't particularly think it's sinful. I think if if it's not sinful, then what's the problem? I, I think the prob the problem will arise if part of the pleasure of the intimacy with their partner involves observing the other people, it involves act, act, involving the other people in their act, even mm. if it's just visually. Okay. And so if I'm having if I'm having intercourse with my wife and like there's another partner there and like somehow them getting off is is like um, arousing me even more to, then then essentially like I'm watching porn as I'm having sex with my wife. Essentially, or maybe or maybe you 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 like the discipline to focus on your wife. How about that? <laughs> or maybe you like the discipline to just get out, get your own room. Fam, like, sometimes, fam, sometimes you know, <laughs> two single rooms in the bed. 
Save save money in the hotel. Nah, 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 fam. Economic. That's like two men and pissing in the same toilet. That don't work, fam. At the same time, uh, I think there's there's something definitely about two becoming one, not four becoming two, that requires or, or that that sort of suggests it's an intimate thing that should be between man and woman, not. Yeah, yeah, but but you're you're involving his wife. Exactly. There's the end. There's another couple there. But you know, but 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 you could say that you know you and your wife having sex, but someone else in another country is having sex with their their wife. But we're not doing it together. We're not not doing it together. There's no effect of them doing whatever on us doing whatever. Okay. So if, if there's if there's like 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 there's there's an example of like you're in a hotel. And you're in this room in a room adjacent to you, both of you are having sex, and you can almost hear each other going at it. But at least there isn't that visual thing, and it wasn't set up to be done as so. But it's like, what, what, in what twisted world would you be sitting there with your boy and his wife, and then two two just like, oh yeah, let's get in? Like, what is going on? Like, this is some American Pie type situation or something. Like, what's going on? It happens. Where? Where? Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to share the room, and then the heat nah. of the moment happens. Nah. Control your lines. I mean, you're, as as long as you're touching only your wife. It's, it's... Fam, your your hands may be touching your wife, but your eyes will be touching somebody else's wife, and that's the problem. Even if you're just thinking of someone else, to be fair, by, that's, by that's, that's problematic. Christ, um, Christ, really showing us how depraved we are. Even if you're thinking of someone else, so you know the the argument that porn is a you know it's it's a victimless crime, whatever. And whilst you're doing your wife, you're thinking of someone else. You're committing you're committing adultery with that person yeah. in your heart. It's still is he, just it's as even bad. as deep as like some people go raving and then like go move to a girl but not do anything with her, come back home and then like have sex with their wife, thinking that oh yeah, but it's like no, nah, bro, that don't work. That don't work because in in turn, so, like, sorry, Robert, we're yeah. we're ruining our dreams. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Which should be ruined. Yeah. Baptize your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Would that make it a wet dream then? (laughs) (laughs) Only you will be able to say that, you know. Bam, bam. I got a reputation that here in these streets, you know. (laughs) Gotta stay on bread. (laughs) Red might rub, boy. So silly. <laughs> uh, oh. Anyway, yes. yes. Oh, finish. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was saying yes. You said anyway. I was like, yes. Let's get back to it. Cool. So we start to Pokemon. <laughs> we veered so far away from Pokemon. Yeah. So Pokemon. So 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 like like I was saying, one of the things that they are redoing is one of the Pokemon games, Pokemon Pearl and Diamond. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but people... Quick, quick question, quick random question. Why is it always two? Like, why Sun and Moon or Pearl and Diamond? Why is it always two different games? Because then, because they put... They don't put all the Pokemon in, in both games. So if you want to get all the Pokemon, yeah, people have to have at least one of each copy to be able to trade. Right. Is that so, just a marketing thing then? Of, of course. Yeah, but I also fosters community. Oh, is that what it does? <laughs> As well as mash and peas. Oh, altruistic. It's so bad. So, like, 
there's a game on Nintendo called Animal Crossing. Yeah, I know, I know Animal Crossing. And with with other games, if you create like different profiles on like a Nintendo Switch, it's like you have a new, whole new save file. Oh. Except for Animal Crossing. So, let's say I, I had a Nintendo Switch and I'm playing Animal Crossing, and then you wanted to play play it, and you and, and like you create a, a, a new profile. What would happen is you would be like a visitor on my island on the Nintendo oh, Switch. That's wow. dead. Like them and are actually monopolizing this thing because and like Leia really wants Animal Crossing, and I'm just like, no, nah, you're not getting it. So I bought Hello Dragons Cafe instead. But realizing this, I'm like, raw. Yeah. So did they lock it into the particular switch? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so, um, so, so, so if you and, and Leia wanted to play Animal Crossing together, or like have like different islands, mm. it, it would be like the first person who logged an island, and then the other person could only do like little tasks, but like they couldn't make any changes the way that the the like main person can. That's wild. What's the- Oh, anyway, so you you were saying about Pokemon, yeah, yeah. So they made these remakes, and people have been been begging for the remakes of these games for years. Oh, we want Diamond and Pearl remakes. Diamond and Pearl remakes. Da, 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 da. I didn't think Diamond and Pearl was that great of a game. But then it got me thinking. Like, do you think that companies rely on nostalgia too much to sell stuff? And do you feel like they don't try hard to come up with new things and just use what has worked in the past i mean not necessarily because it's i kind of feel like it, it's phases you know it's, mm. it's like it's different it's different fads of oh okay so this between these these few years it, you you'll see a, a huge trend of, of nostalgia and, and you know they'll be doing the sonics and the um the, the mini handhelds that have you know hundreds of games from back in the day and then the next season you know it's a, a new thing so the nintendo switch was a new thing before that it was the wii um but i well i, I guess nintendo are unique as well because if you look at their um their history as a company they they thrive on or th- their ethos was based on using existing technology in new ways to be both um, cheaper to produce, but then also unique in the market. And that's yeah. how they've always been. So they've been unique in that way. But um, I find, I find it's, it's, it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily just nostalgia. It's just phases. And for but, one given point in time, there's... But I mean, even taking there. Nintendo into... into talking about nintendo mm. what they do is like they've they've also like created ports of games mm. so games from back in the day they've updated to be able to play on on on, on a nintendo switch yeah. so, so like i know guys who have bought final fantasy 10 on the playstation 2 to playstation mm. 3 playstation 4 <laughs> nintendo switch <laughs> um i mean there'll always be a market for it that's the other thing yeah. is there will always be a market for nostalgia because, you know, people grow up and, and want to have a taste of what, what once was. So there will always be a market for it. But I, I, I don't think it's the only thing. I feel like it doesn't leave space. Well, it feels like it doesn't leave space for new as much new growth as possible. Mm. Like, and, like, even if you look at movies that are coming out, like I saw a trailer for Cruella. Yeah. Nobody's a Cruella Deville movie. 
no but that, that's a whole that's that's a whole other um trend is the villain you know maleficent that wasn't even the first one but you know there, there's always snow white and then it flips into yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And even um, Batman with the Joker film now and stuff like films, that. Yeah, yeah. You, I think you've got you've got to also appreciate that even especially in Hollywood, a lot of decisions are made by committee, and it's not necessarily about someone's artistic vision. It's about oh, what's worked recently, and and let's do that because it's a it's a big it's a big um money bit when you're making movies or even songs for that. So, so there's a, there's a big there's a big thing there where you know, but. As long as there are artists, there will be there will be innovation, I think. And 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 what you end up having is, I think, the bigger budget stuff. They just do what's going to sell because that's that's what that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. I think I think that especially that there is there is to a degree reliance on nostalgia and stuff, and so like, um, but also there is the recognition that as a creative. I may want to do something, but be very limited by the technology. And so I may not be able to bring that vision to fruition to the level that I would want it to. And then once things progress to actually be like, oh, cool. Like we've actually got like four, uh, 4K cameras or 3D stuff right now. So I can actually um, visualize this in a way that I wasn't able to do before and like bring it more to life um, as I wanted to, that I haven't done before. And so like, even with like Disney, with the stuff that they brought over to live action. Um, from what I'm hearing, like Lion King was so classic, but the, the real the real thing is dead. It was so dead. It, it was so, but it's like, just by virtue of like what is available to them now, they were able to do something that far exceeded the expectations or the imagination of when it was first conceived. But um, yeah, but the thing is, but, but 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 like no one had expectations for a live action Lion King. Everyone, well, everyone was happy with with, yeah, with the original. Like, facts, facts. Um, and so, so, so I'm not necessarily saying that they were right in doing that. What I am saying is, the technology has progressed enough to be able to visualize things in a whole new way. And so, even with the Pokemon remakes, like. This one is 3D. The first one was 2D, and like the graphics are much better and stuff. Like the mechanics are different. Well, the mechanics are the same, to be fair, but like visually and everything is different. It's been ported to a new, a new system. Um, but in terms of, um, there's a burp trying to come out, but it's not coming out. In terms of Nintendo itself, they have a very um, specific or niche market where they don't tend to reach into the games that other, other platforms are reaching into. They know what they're doing. They know what works for them and they're, and they're just sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're coming out with the Marios, they're coming out with the Pokemons, they're coming out with the Zeldas and stuff and they occupy a very unique lane. And so even in that, there is innovation within that in and of itself. And so I think your question is almost nostalgia versus innovation. And it's nostalgia killing innovation. Well, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Mm. I think as we go forward, it's like people are now going back to, to um, vinyls and um, like analog cameras and stuff like that. <clears throat> and as we go forward, there's almost this nostalgia to want to experience some of the stuff that we've left behind. 
And so even with like Sony and them guys, they're bringing out the old PlayStation 1s in a mini form yeah. as, as like a one-off little celebration thing. Again, it's tapping into nostalgia and there is the market for it there because of how far things have moved forward. Yeah. Like I said, there will always be a market. But you also have to know that they are putting money into R&D and, and sort of trying to innovate. But the problem is big companies are looking for profit. So they're looking for the next thing that's going to sell. Mm. And it's not ne- it's the next thing that's going to sell. And it's not nece- necessarily an artistic pursuit. And also, um, I think even in terms of like clothes, we find that trends... Yeah. Almost like recycle. Yeah. And so like the nineties and like skinny jeans from back in the day are coming back and then tutus I'm seeing boot cuts coming back and then all of them things there. And it's just like yeah. the, the trends are even like tie-dye clothes. Yeah. Fam. I, there was one time when I was like, I will never get caught wearing tie-dye. But now I'm starting to see man them wearing tie-dye and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think there's the the, the the cycle of trends and and like fads or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk more about innovation, but more in like maybe in more of a biblical sense, a little bit more biblical. Biblical media. Yeah. Biblical media. Okay. Okay. Biblical media is okay. okay. Yeah. So 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 like whilst you guys were talking, the the, the thing that came to mind was the Passion of Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Gibson so, thing, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so we have that movie. Yeah. I think it's a really good movie. I think it was really well done, yeah. quite impactful. Do you think there's there's need for another showing of Jesus crucifixion, another movie of Jesus crucifixion? Now that we have, or because we have the passion. Well, I mean, in my opinion, the Passion of Christ did a good job of showing. A, a depiction of what's most likely could have happened. It doesn't necessarily do a good job of speaking about who Christ was, the person who he is, and and and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I think there can be a better um, a better exploration of the, of that um, that sort okay. of movie. Yeah. Okay, okay Peter Spielberg, tell us <laughs> tell us how it would be. No, no, no. I mean, like, so I, I, the the thing that I think most people appreciate of the um, appreciate for the um, um, Passion of the Christ is, you know, in in all respects, it's a very it's a very gore, um, yeah, like like visceral depiction mm. of a person literally being tortured, and and I think that can be missed just reading if you're not paying attention. Because yeah. like, oh yeah, he was lashed and he got up again and he was lashed some more, um, or he fell when he was carrying his cross. And reading it, we can remove ourselves from what was actually happening. So it does a good job of showing what was happening. But how many people, or not even how many people, when you watch it and and you maybe watch it with an appreciation of, oh, this is what Christ went through for me. How many other people watch it and get that message, like? who Christ actually is as, as um, the son of God coming to save man. And I, I guess maybe that wasn't the vision that Mel Gibson had for the movie, which is fine. Um, but that, that's why I say there's room for more, Yeah, um, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree. Um, I would even say, like, it may be dope to see, like, a manga version of it. There's a manga Bible. 
Yeah, there's a manga. Cool. Yeah. See, like an anime, anime yeah. version of that and stuff yeah. like that. Where, and for me, it also speaks of accessibility. And so, yeah. some people may not necessarily watch that genre of film or anything like that, but having it adapted into different styles may, may should make it more appealing. And even like, I wouldn't let my five year old watch Passion of the Christ. Mm. I wouldn't do that. But if it was an anime, arguably I might be more persuaded to make even with it being gory and stuff. Yeah. I may be more persuaded to, to let her watch it. Not necessarily that it's anime and so it, like that the messages behind it is less potent or whatever. But it's just that she is not being exposed to like seeing an actual human go through that these are just like pixels on the screen and i can still talk to her about like jesus went through that and so it gives us some vi- some visuals to associate with that with that picture and as she grows up i may then introduce her to the more gory stuff to kind of help cement the things so yeah i do think um that there is room for that um and i, I would like to kind of see see it done because everyone would would it's almost like the synoptic gospels Mm-hmm. They wrote the same story, but from different perspectives. And so anyone who takes on the Passion of the Christ story won't be, for the most part, won't be remaking a Mel Gibson's one, but will we'll be bringing different nuance and slight different twists to it. Yeah. Yeah. In which I'll be like, yeah, like it will be good to see. Yeah. You don't, you don't seem happy about that response, Robert. Um, oh no, I don't think I'm too bothered. Um... <laughs> I oh, know, yeah. So passionate. Oh, um, no. The passion of Robert. <laughs> I, I do think, well, we and we talked about this before, like Christian sort of artistry now, I think, has got much better. Mm. And so it'll be interesting to see more innovation in telling stories because at the end of the day, like movies and uh, and stuff like that, it's just telling stories, isn't it? It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if I want to say Christian media's got it better. I, I, well, I, I would say Christian artistry definitely has. Uh, At least, okay, I'll narrow it down. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who you've been, what you've been consuming here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Robert, the fizzles I mean, of the way, I mean, the, the SOS, yeah. Because I, I, I think, I think that so Reach Records really got a lot of stick when they were like Christian rappers corny, and a bag of people just came up for them, and it's like, yes, yes, we have got. <laughs> bad artists we've got whack artists and stuff mm. and they shouldn't be given a blight just because you're doing something for god doesn't mean you can be mediocre like you need to put in work you need to be excellent mm. and you need to strive towards it not for your namesake or whatever but for gods and so that needs to be there um but even they had to come back and say no like it's we're not just broad quote uh, quoting the whole thing and just being like everything is whack. but there are pockets of good yeah. good work out there and I think that's what Peter's saying it's like there are examples of good work out there yeah. and we, we do need to recognize that we went to a concert um Marley Music SO John McReynolds I think was there um and it was dope it was it was really well done really well produced really nice it wasn't just um pseudo church service on a Saturday evening it was a really good entertaining show that you know anyone could have come in and then appreciated like, oh, maybe not with a budget of a Kanye West with a floating Ooh. stage but with an equal amount of artistic um input and, and I think um with the benefit and the bonus of a wholesome message 
So I definitely think the artistry has come come away. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's got better, definitely. Can't find me when someone's a Grammy, then we can talk. When someone's so are we, are we judging them by the standards of the world then? Yeah. Okay. Nice to know. I, I still think Kendrick had the best gospel last, um, album of all time, just saying. I don't know what your gospel is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which one was it? Was, oh, was, was, what was it called? Good Kid Mercy? Yes. That's a story and of you know, redemption. It, a story of it, redemption. It's very interesting that we didn't have this conversation prior, but I was able to pinpoint the album that he was talking about. Yeah. I really wanted to get that album on vinyl as well. Yeah, and even more controversial, Jesus Walks might be top ten gospel songs of all time. I can vouch for that. I can vouch. I can't. That. I absolutely can't. <laughs> but, okay. Well, let me let me rephrase. Top ten uh, rap. No, yeah, rap. No, you know, actually, no, actually, no, actually, no, 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 no I, can't, I can't vouch for that. I can't vouch for that. I can't vouch for that. You you don't listen. You don't listen to um to to gospel like we do, because you're a heathen so? like that. <laughs> So, dude, they're nah, nah, nah. I can't. Sorry. Okay. Different opinion. I, 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 I was gonna say I think production value and stuff like that. You can argue, but um, the production value. I'm talking more. It's message, message being so yeah. be, being universal enough that you can be not Christian but still understand the Christian message in it. I really do like within that that it challenges um the notion and recognizing that like jesus walks with sinners and blah 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 coming from that perspective i I think even if you if you were to go that direction i would i would then put on the table um hopskins ill mind i think it's number five i i know what you're talking about where he was questioning god in the desert or something yeah yeah so here's my question is that good Oh, sorry. Is that good theology, though? So, the Jesus walks with sinners. Is that good theology? Is that good doctrine? Someone's in charge so, of that. Someone's in charge of that. <laughs> Saint Peter's here. I think that with Hobson, what would have been nice is if at the end he had found God in the same way. Like, if you look at like a lot of the Psalms, it starts off with David being so well with me, but still ending up with even though all the old man is happening, but I'm still going to trust, trust trust in you. If I've gone that route, top five gospel rap songs of all time. I wouldn't say top five. I wouldn't say top five. But you, you, you can have your opinion. You're just throwing things in top five. Because that ends with him rejecting that idea of God. That's why I said if... if yeah, he yeah, no, I know, God I know, I know, yeah. But even Jesus Walks doesn't necessarily... <laughs> presents the idea of repentance and and justification by christ um, by christ's sacrifice it it suggests yeah you know only god can judge me sort of thing and i'm good no, no, he didn't say that he didn't say that <laughs> he didn't say that no he never said that he, did, he didn't say that but he don't doesn't apply it no no don't he imply it so don't do that yeah. peter don't do that peter <laughs> you so don't do that <laughs> Uh, what I'm saying is it doesn't present the gospel message, which at the end of the day is is what I think gospel music should be about is the gospel message in some way means or form. And I don't think. And I think I think that. I think this 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 is where 
the the differentiation kind of comes in. So um, C.S. Lewis says something to the effects of um, when you when you when you become privy to light, you can either speak about the light itself or what the light enables you to see. Mm, okay. And so, in becoming privy or aware of God, you can either speak about God or what God allows you to see within the community. Mm-hmm. And I believe that both of those are gospel. Which one does Jesus Walks do? So Jesus Walks, I think it leans, well, I'll, I'll need to listen to it again to refresh my memory. I think um, it's more like showing showing what the light. Which was what? <laughs> Peter's so impressed right now. <laughs> it's talking about... Um, it's talking about, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and Jesus walks with me, so I'm okay. No. no, 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 no. So he, he, not, was, he, he, challenging. he was challenging. He was challenging. He's like, I can't. They say if I talk about Jesus, my records won't get played and this and that. So no, I'm going to talk about. When I talk about Jesus, Jesus walks with us like we are. We we may not be like where where we need to be, but Jesus is here for us, and that is the gospel message that in Christ you'll be right with God. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Kanye dropped like. That's what like Robert's saying. Ninety-five theses or whatever. Like, That's what Robert's didn't, saying. Didn't I'm, I'm not saying that either. I'm saying that he made the gospel accessible for more people than most gospel rappers are able to do. Now, and my my pushback to that would be, is that simply based on his platform, or, or on, on the message song? itself? A bit of both. Then that's then that's not gospel. Huh? Then that's not gospel. That's his platform. That's him. Yeah. That's whatever he's and, done and, to get And him then with, with that answer as well, you fall into the, the bracket of people who seek celebrity endorsement because of their reach. But the Bible says the gospel is the power of God, not your platform. Yeah. Onto salvation. Huh? Huh? What do you say? <laughs> Man, shot. I didn't say nothing. Yo, you said I what didn't... happened to Lecrae? No, I, I said the word to Lecrae. <laughs> and you know, and and the, and the thing is as well with Lecrae, I actually vibes with him because of the issues that I am privy to within the church. No, I don't. He's a pagan. Because and because and this is this is the thing that as well stands out for me is it's like the church's response to Lecrae is almost like the Pharisees' response to Jesus. Now, I'm not trying to say Lecrae is Jesus, but what I'm saying is when Jesus pointed out the flaws Mm. within their modern-day tradition and religion, they they essentially, they they killed him for it. Mm. They crucified him for it. And when Lecrae pointed out the flaws within the Christianity that he's experienced, not necessarily his relationship with God, but how it's lived out, he was essentially crucified for it. Facts. Don't say facts. Well, the, the, the fact is that Lecrae only started talking about the problems in the church when he no longer needed the church. To that's not true. No, 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 that's no, not no, true. No, no, that's no, not no, true. No. Rebel, he the first, the first, his first songs, his first albums. Like I don't even like Lecrae that much. Just because I don't, I don't, I don't particularly like. But no, his... no, no. Yeah. So with those songs, no one had a problem with him. No one did. No one did because 
he was pushing forward the theology and understanding that was mainstream. He was he, he hadn't started struggling with was it wrong I theology? Think. Was it just mainstream theology? So the problem with the problem with mainstream evangelical theology is that it almost seeks to wipe away like um, the realities of 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 culture class and everything that it kind of comes with and recognizing that it's almost like saying leave all of that all of those things behind and just hold on to this as if doctrine is given in a vacuum mm. doctrine is lived out and that living that living out of doctrine is done in a context now the people who came up with that theology were predominantly white male and that was their context some of them owned slaves and some of them had the, the luxury of not having to worry about whether their children are going to be fed or not but then we've got another lived experience which god is has is and will be working through which is very much steeped in like poverty is steeped in like um, abuse and oppression and stuff and it, it almost wipes that off wipes that and just like forget about all of that just know that your your blessings are in heaven so all all of the stuff that we're doing to you right now just take it as as like you're suffering for righteousness sake without actually checking themselves to be like yo like we shouldn't be doing this like the bible was altered to perpetuate slavery slave masters had were, were preachers and stuff like they were going out in terms of like we're going to go evangelize the world these times where we're riding out on slave ships and preaching to the slaves who are coming back and it's it's these things where it's like in 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 some of the evangelical circles there's almost like a whitewashing of this and i use the word whitewashing because that's where it is mm. it's but like on the flip side but but but, but on the other side of the pendulum is where um you get people like was it was it jahazel yeah yeah jahazel who have clung on to race so much that it's i guess you could say it's blackwashed their faith away mm. And that and that is a real, a real risk. It's a real risk, but also it's like it's a real risk. And we can throw around scriptures like "My sheep will know my voice," and so he wasn't part of the sheep. Or if he wasn't with us, then he would kind of go with them things there. Or those who began the race will finish it. Um, but whether or not you abandon your race, based abandon your faith based on these situations. There is a reality that for the most part, people will wrestle with this. And I, I think I have shared it on the podcast and I have no qualm sharing it. I was questioning my faith around the time that Jahazel was because of the exact same situations in seeing just how much Christianity has had a hand in the oppression of the race that I am I'm born into. And having conversations and people are like, oh, so you're part of the slave master's religion, like you've inherited a slave master's religion. And being in positions where I cannot like, be like, oh, no, it's, it's, that's not the case anymore. But it's like, bro, that is its history. Part of its so history. It, part of its history. And so it is a real struggle. And thankfully, I haven't fallen away. And I can only say that that is by grace. Um, left to my own devices, man would be on this emo tab wave 
with Eye of Horus tattooed on. But it's them ones where it's like it is only by grace. And so I recognize the, the realities and the deep rootedness and even the hurts. The hurts that still linger and the hurts that are pushed forward because of how doctrine is handled. We handle mm-hmm. doctrine like it comes in a vacuum. We don't even realize that the Bible in and of itself is an account of human history from human perspectives in as much as it is divinely authored. It is human beings writing their experience, and which includes cultural experiences. And so as we read the Bible, we're reading of a culture, we're reading of a people group, we're reading of their oppression. Hmm. And we're seeing how God has worked through that. I, I, I feel like I want to slightly push back on on okay. that and say, oh no, just that I think that like we can all be Christians, like mm-hmm. like if like white people, black people, we can all be Christians, but that doesn't mean necessarily mean that we can um, fully understand some some of the things that other people go through. Just because of of culture, Mm -hmm. and so, and so, I don't seem like I'm I'm like defending the white people, but it's like there there are some conversations that you can't expect them to understand. So to go to them to have kind of conversations, isn't that like you not knowing, almost going to like a gynecologist when you're when you're first talking? I I don't know why, why, why. why, why I went to gynecologist was just the first one that I came to mind. <laughs> you know what's on your mind. But mm. I think I think that that right there is a is a very good point. And reason I, I see as a very good point is <clears throat> it's one of the notions that I hold when I approach the Bible in that no one approaches the Bible objectively. We're all subjective. And our subjectivity comes from our perspective and um, what, like our culture and what we come with. And we almost read that into the Bible. And so, yes, like correct exegesis and correct hermeneutics and stuff like that will help us move more so towards a, a central commonality. But as people approach the Bible, some person who's grown up thinking God wants me to prosper is going to read that into the Bible. Mm. Some person who grows up believing that God wants me to be poor, I need to take the poverty vow, is going to read that into the Bible. And so your background and your perspectives, you will, you will start reading that into the Bible. But as you grow, hopefully that will change. And the reason I point that out is we are in desperate need of a community as we understand the Bible. We need to recognize our biases and our cultural, our cultural biases and our personal biases as we read the Bible. And we also need to recognize that we need those around us to be able to decipher those and recognize where our cultural biases are being read into the Bible. And so white people need black people and we need white people to be able to read those and not make this about black empowerment but to recognize the gospel for what it is. And not only just black and white, but we need all races and all creeds and all cultures to be able to interpret God's word as God wants it to be because God is an infinite God and what I know about him is going to be very limited. And so I need the wisdom of those around me. And so I agree with you that, like, yes, from a black perspective with the hurts and stuff, we're going to be reading things into the Bible. But... Because of that reason, we need to have these conversations with white people to be able to have these challenged, but also to challenge their perspectives. To be able to move, hopefully, 
in the spirit of love and in humility, being able to move to a middle ground where both are affirmed, where wrongs are rightly seen as wrongs, but we still move into a space where we can recognise that we're working towards racial reconciliation that doesn't just sweep the problem under the rug, but actually acknowledges that this is a problem. This has been bad, but Jesus still provides hope for reconciliation within his body and with the wider world. Hopefully that makes sense. Because yeah, I rambled for a little bit. No, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All silent. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, let me just start again. <laughs> No, I'm not on it. I'm tired. <laughs> I've, I've had this conversation. I've, I've had like inklings of this conversation throughout this entire week. And so mm. even having this conversation now for me is very um, timely. And it, it just points me, it just like reminds me of what God is doing for me. Um, and as a result, within the wider church that I'm kind of holding. So, um, so, yeah. so, without going into too much detail, where you have this conversation, because I don't want to get into trouble by mistake. But bro, I'm I'm happy to hold that. <laughs> do you feel a responsibility to let the white people know, like, more about the black hurt and like the black experience when it comes to like Christian Christianity and stuff? Um. So it's a yes and a no. Um, because I, I don't, like, the black experience is not one size fits all. And so I can only really speak about mine and the other stories that I've been let into. Um, and it's, I find it almost um, a cheap shot to want to lump all black people into one category and just be like, yeah, boom, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um but I do, I do sense, and I have sensed for a while, um, like a particular call to work towards racial reconciliation within the church. Um, and that comes with wrestling with what has been and sitting in that uncomfortable space and hearing the stories and seeing the oppressed and the oppressors and recognizing that there are both oppressed and oppressors within both camps and being able to be like all right how do we how do we really work towards racial reconciliation in a way that glorifies god and doesn't trivialize what like either what the oppressed have been through So yeah, I do. I do feel like there's a particular calling on me for that. Um, and the more I'm having these conversations, for me, the more it's being affirmed. Mm. What about for you, Peter? You go to a quite multi-ethnic church. Yeah. So I think I, I do like the fact that Mo identified it as almost like a call, um, or, or there being, you know, a, a call to it because I do think it's. Um, it's 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 something that I believe God has to put on your heart because I don't personally I don't necessarily see the need to do that mostly because I guess um, 
that's not been an issue we've noted like there isn't a trivialization of what's gone on amongst any of the communities um you know or any of the races and then we sort of celebrate our diversity from you know our race culture interest all of those things um and so no not necessarily not not amongst uh, my folk i think where there have been things like um no, not not in church, but in especially at work, actually, where you know they, I remember having a conversation once, and they were talking about radicalized, uh, um, I think it was Iranian or or Pakistan or whatever, you know that that sort of terrorist thing, and um, I remember one of the ladies, oh, why would they, why would anyone want to suicide bomb? And I was like, if your brother was killed and the only person you saw do it was an American fighter jet. It will be easier to make the argument to you that they're the enemy. And it's it's just because I've been in a... I, I belong to a culture that suffered at the hands of someone else and, and thus understands how easy it is to paint a target on that group of people. Um, and, and so the, those are the only instances where I feel the need to educate, maybe, but not necessarily in church, not in my church anyway. That's mm. helpful, I think. Yeah, what about you, Kyle? I was going to say, because you you're in a white church. My, my church isn't white. Globally. The church organization is. Yeah. Um, you guys do well, I guess. Because of your community focus, but. yeah, we 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 do do well, but <laughs> there's like there's like part of me that feels. <laughs> do I want to say this? <laughs> white savior complex, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, it's a bit white saverish. Yeah, it is. It's a bit white saverish. <laughs> um, but then one thing I do appreciate is that they like the white man doesn't just, just just like go in. He'll he'll like go in and like build up people, and then the people will go and like look he'll after send the, his minions. No, no, no. So, no. So, 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 like, there'll be the people in the communities that are there, and then they will be the ones to, like, run the different organizations. Mm. <laughs> so, it's like, it's almost like teaching the man to fish. Yeah. So, sort of thing. Yeah. Which is good. Um, yeah, but, like, in my like, particular church, I think that even if there's not an understanding, there's, like, an appreciation for the different cultures within the church. Uh, yeah, so like I never heard anyone say anything wild about another another race, um, and I think it's just because our church is like quite 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 transient. We we do get people from like all walks of life, all 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 places from around the world. So it kind of just like we know everyone's going to be different, so we just allow them to be different like that. But yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's that's one thing that I do find helpful with the structure of yours, your church, where it's like they, they there's almost like a rotating leadership, and so the leaders don't necessarily have an extended period of time to leave a substantial imprint of themselves. They, they'll leave an impact, but not an imprint. Yeah. Um, and I find that I find that quite nice. Um, because yeah, so, and it, it, it almost allows you to recognize that like this this isn't all it is, but there's more and there's like different faces and stuff. So I do like that. 
Whereas on my side, it's like, bro, you can be there and establish your name and then things there, like leave a mark for yourself in that. Well, you um, even talk about in, in Pentecostal circles, the entire ministry is named after you. Bro! Every flyer's got your face on it. Why go on you're for that? Every flyer, there's a... You're, you're, you're revered and honoured and, yeah. Let me, not, let me not get too much into it. It's the armour bearers that, that, that get to me, you know? Man, them holding your Bible. Are you mean? you got, you got bigger <laughs> burdens to carry, man. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. I always want Someone to, to, carry want to say as well, uh, I, fam, the way the culture is as well, like the person holding the Bible thinks it's a blessing to hold your Bible. Yeah. I'm like, nah, B, this, this, is, this is modern day slavery. It's but, built um, um, what I wanted to say as well is that like, in terms of me, the, I don't particularly see the quote unquote call as just something that is like bashing the church over the head with like, you have done this wrong. Um, yes, we need to we need to recognize our faults and we need to be able to work in that vein to be able to correct things, but also to try to present God to outside of the church in a way that hasn't been done or mm. isn't done normally, like trying to make God a lot more accessible. Mm. Um, and so that there's that duality where it's not just telling the church you suck. Um, it's almost saying fix up these are the people that we need to serve and also to the people that we need to serve this is the God who we serve yeah. and so it's almost like a dual facing thing um, I, felt, I felt it important to kind of give that context yeah. okay guys let's round up it's going to be late it's going to be late but you know I, I have one more final question that has nothing to do well it has kind of to do with what we're talking about <laughs> I was going to say it for no sorry not sorry but I'm going to forget. So let me just ask it now. Mm. So Moses, you like to say the marriage bed is undefiled. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless you introduce another person, animal, a personal animal into it. Okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. Okay. So Christian interracial couple. Pardon? Well, okay, the context is Christian interracial couple. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If, if the black she person, you an N-word. Well, hold on, hold on. If the black person tells the white person to use the N-word or to act to make them act as act as if they're a slave for the white person, should you as a Christian go along with that as as the white person? As a white person, if you're comfortable doing that, you've got issues. No, but you've been asked by your by, no, no, by, like, by significant other. Firstly, your significant other's got issues. Yeah, there's some undealt with trauma there. And if you're comfortable going through that, that this is one toxic relationship. Both of you need counselling. I guess the similar thing would apply if you wanted to have a rape style role play. Yes. There's trauma there somewhere. Yeah. There's something that you're trying to live out that you shouldn't be trying to live out. Yeah. I had a guy that wanted to do that once. That's that's your problem, boy. <laughs> Oh, Robert, you need repentance. Wait. I didn't do it. I didn't do wait, it. Wait, hold on. She was white. And she no. wanted to treat you like a slave. No, I'm talking about the rape freak. Whoa, oh. whoa. Okay. Yo. And on that note. <laughs> yeah, on, on that note, hookups. And I was like, yo, it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. That's like, choke me harder. What? Okay. All right.
I need to edit that out. <laughs> cool. Are you um, actually mad? Shall I? Shall I start with uh with hookups? Yeah, go for it. So my hookup is a a podcast. <laughs> um, it's by a couple from my church actually, um, Isaac and Eleanor. Um, hey, they started a podcast. They started a podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say more. Well, is, them. is is it is it a marriage podcast? No, it's a Bible okay. study type podcast. Okay, okay, it's, okay. It's, yeah. So what? A Bible, Bible study. study type podcast. It's okay. uh, it's called Faith by Hearing, short revelations from the Word of God, and it's just the two of them having a conversation about, you know, what they're what they're getting from Scripture at any given point in time. It's really nice. It's really you can find it on YouTube and and uh, everywhere you get oh, podcasts. Dope. Yeah. Um, How long are the episodes typically? Twenty minutes. Okay. I mean, they've they've put one out, and, and it's it's a nineteen minute podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just quite nice, it's really nice, and, and so yeah, check it out. Faith yeah. by hearing short revelations no, from the word of knowing God. Isaac as well. I know that he's he's like quite sound with, yes, yeah. with, with his stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, that's dope. I don't know, yeah, so big up, yeah. Um, so I'll go and I'll jump in next. Um, my hookup is an anime. Um, I was talking to one of my one of my regions from from the course that I'm doing towards this this thing, and we were just reminiscing over over anime, and then we started talking about um, Death Note. So that's my hookup, oh, Death Note. Man. Death Note. It's only like sixty three episodes. It's a short one. Yeah. It's a very short one, and it's even the sixty three is like is like a two part thing. So there's like a first half and a second yeah. half within that 62. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I'll, I'll say Death Note. Don't watch it on Netflix. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do the live yeah. action. Don't do the live yeah. action Death Note. Yeah. No. Do the anime. Anime. Cool. Shaman King is about to drop as well, but that's not a hookup. That's just me getting gassed. My hookup this week is an album, of old school throwback album, Kano. Um, mm-hmm. Home Sweet Home? No, 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 no. Made in a manner. Made in a manner. I really want to. I really want to get his one forty Grime Street, but it's a mixtape, mm. so I can't get on Spotify in that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've just been listening to like flow, flow, flow of the year over and over. Mm. Oh, also, Governor B stole his flow, flow from Kano. Just gonna put. Yeah, it he did. He, he he actually says he actually says it because he did or was influenced. He he. he Heavily, heavily influenced. Yeah, like everyone's heavily influenced by someone. No, um, no. I don't know why I'm defending Governor B. I don't really like because he's gospel. <laughs> or because you've got a white wife, Peter? Huh? I've got a beautiful black wife. Why would I care? Mm, protect your queen, king. I <laughs> 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 hate that whole king, queen, queen, queen thing. You know. Peter and his missus got, got like matching t-shirts of king and queen No but it's a bit weird It's the whole calling other people king and queen It's like I don't know Do you know what I actually find it weird For me to say that Oh I'm my wife's king I'm like no God God is her king And I'm just like that, that, how, how, how does that work But yeah that's that's just me Are you her prince then? I'm, I'm definitely No I can't, I can't be her prince 
<laughs> I can, oh, I can be king so with rude. a small K. I can be a small K. And God can be big K. But, yeah. I'm a big K king. God is God. Capital God. Look at you, boy. <laughs> What's a king to a God? <laughs> What's a God to a non-believer? Non-believing. He's still God. Yo, still that's God. a sick chorus. That, that that chorus is so fire. You man out here. Like, so Peter's out here quoting the very same person that he was cussing out at the beginning of the podcast. I was I was I was quoting I was quoting I think it's Bizzle's response to that one. Oh okay. So I said he's still God. He asked, What's a king? What's a god to a king? Uh, what's a god to an unbeliever? And Bizzle's like, he's still God. He's still gonna die in hell. Oh my He's still God, but it's hey, Bizzle, Bizzle's about that life, you know. Bizzle's about that life. Bizzle wants to be secular. Bizzle wants to be secular so so bad. If he wanted to be secular, he could be. No, do you know what? Yeah, Bizzle said he was like literally moments away from signing a deal, Mm. and then he turned around to do the gospel things. And as Peter said, if he wanted to be, if he wanted to be secular, he could actually do this thing. You know, I'm giving time. What's Lecrae? What what's Andy Mino? You know, I think Andy Mino's leaving Reach. You know, is he? Yeah, I think he's leaving Reach. It's not secular. I don't, look, I'm just saying there are much better Christian rappers out there that you guys are sleeping on, talking about Kendrick. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know where this you guys is coming from. Kendrick's not even my no, don't like top five, even top ten for me. To be honest, the only rapper I really want to get saved because he's a good rapper is Eminem. Oh, <laughs> If Eminem gets saved, yeah, his content is getting slashed by 50%. Because, like, half of it is swearing. <laughs> so his content is getting much shorter, by Much shorter songs. Literally. It, it, it reminds me of Gemstones. So Gemstones used to roll with Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. yeah. And he got saved. And then his whole thing is um, safety pin. Yeah. Like, things ho- holding his faith together. But even, like... Bro, this guy made a gospel album talking about reptiles and people transforming and stuff. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Who, Gemstones? Yes. Which one? His first one. Um, oh, okay. elephant, no, no, um, Blind Elephant. Not first or second one, Blind Elephant. Blind he Elephant a, was dope. He had a song talking about reptiles, bro. <laughs> He's like reptilian. Um, people won't tell you about it because I'm just like, brother. I need to check that out. We're, we're ch- I'll, I'll, send you, I'll, I'll send you the track. Okay. He's like, um, reptilians do exist. I've seen them shift. I'm like, bro, are we in the? T- did we just hit the twilight zone? Maybe, maybe he was referencing. Was it was it Axe when Paul went blind and then the skills fell 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 from from his eyes? Look at you reaching right now. I was gonna say we're tired. We're everything. Maybe I should join Reach Records then. <laughs> <laughs> Round us up, man. Take us home. Um, shout out to Reed for the intro outro music. Come. <laughs> What's, 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 what's going on? Yo, you need to record a version of this that I can just put in after the fact. I'll just speak about the interracial couple thing. <laughs> Robert's gone, man. He's finished. And you know what? I feel like 70% of white people would say, yes, I'll do it if, if they're asked to do it. And then 70% of white people will get punched up right after that statement. Yeah, but that's what they, they don't say it out loud because they know. But in the confines of their bedroom with their significant other, they're down. That's, that's so Such wild. A creep. 
it's a crazy so thing white. to say. You can't say that because you don't know 70% of white people. Bro! So, can't say that. No, no, no. Even the thought of... Well, like, the thought man, came from Robert's man, mind. Man's in the this heat is, of the thing. And it's like... Let's, like, let's appreciate no. the thought came from Robert's head. This isn't... This is Robert, not anyone else. So. Oh, no, but it, it, it came up for a reason. I, I was watching something and... <laughs> what, what were you watching, fam? Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right, let's let's wrap up. Okay. Uh, what am I saying? Intro outro music. Calvin Turner. Nope. Let's try Guys, professional professionalism. Deep breath. Shout out to Rude for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the audio and Amazon logo. You can find us at Twitter at the Furnace UK, Instagram, TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Blacksmith Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcast websites and apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and all them things there. Blacksmith Furnace with an apostrophe. Easy as that. Come on. Light work. Effortless. Right. Doing with my okay. eyes closed. Okay. This is the Blacksmith's Furnace, signing out. Blah.